Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Coach's Corner where we talk with other coaches and people who inspire, move, and motivate people to action. Listeners will learn about coaching and the many coaching niches and have an opportunity to ask questions of the many wonderful coaches who are my guests. I'm Coach Andrew Poretz from Ingenuity Coaching. I help people to discover and fulfill their passions and greatness. My mission is to inspire and challenge you to dream big dreams and with my coaching help you to manifest those dreams into reality. You can visit my website at www.myfuturecoach.com. If you're listening live and want to call in with a question, the phone number here is 646-929-2893. Again, that's 646-929-2893. You'll be able to listen to the show on the phone if you're calling in, and then if you press the number one, that will let me know that you have a question, and then I can pick it up. We also have a live chat room right on the show page where you can join in and ask questions there. My guest tonight is Damian McCann, uh, a co-founder of the Brooklyn Body Talk Center. On tonight's show, we're going to be talking about Body Talk, which is a revolutionary and truly holistic healthcare system founded by Dr. John Veltheim and the breakthrough system developed by Esther Veltheim and other transformational techniques that are used at the Brooklyn Body Talk Center. Damian, are you with me? Yes, I am, Andrew. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Good to talk to you. So it's uh, always interesting to have uh, somebody from uh, with a, with another with another sound in their voice, and so you're you're from Ireland. I'm from Ireland, yeah. If you can tell by the accent, um, I've been living here for two and a half years now, uh, and been talking to a lot of Americans. So my accent has changed somewhat, but um, this is a bit of Irish in there, yeah, for sure. That's a good to be talking to you, laddie. Top, just, top of the morning. Top, top of the morning. morning. I just thought I'd make you feel at home and give you. Yeah. A little, a little hard. bad brogue. <laughs> That's exactly. the best we can do tonight. Exactly. So uh, no, it's, it's a pretty, it's a pretty good accent you're doing there, actually. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, it's not bad. You, you oh, may almost get away with it. All, all those years at the at the Brogue Institute may have paid off. It surely did. Uh, or that, or the the bars on Second Avenue. I'm not sure which. But right, that's another story. The bars, right? That's right. You know, we have a section in town uh, on. Second Avenue in, the, in Manhattan, with you know, not as many as there used to be. It was every other place was an was an Irish uh, pub. And there's still quite a lot of them. Yeah, we do we do the the pub thing pretty well in Ireland. Oh yeah. So so uh, uh, Damien, tell me, uh, you know, I know you're involved in a, in a bunch of different things. First of all, tell me about the Brooklyn Body Talk Center. So the, the Brooklyn Body Talk Center was set up um, by uh, my partner and I, uh, is Brittany Bordison. Um, we, we, we've only been really in business in the last couple of months. Um, and basically our, our purpose is to, to get body talk um, out there to the people. You know, there's, it's, it's a relatively new system. It's been around for maybe 15 years. Um, and it is growing quite fast. I mean, I think it's, it's now in 43 countries and, and translated in 12 or 13 different languages. But the, in New York and in Brooklyn, there isn't a lot happening with it just yet. So um, we're basically all about doing, doing presentations and um, doing meetups and getting, getting people involved um, with Body Talk and, um, and the Breakthrough System, um, as well as some, some other modalities that we teach and practice. So... I'm not sure where to start first. Should I start with what's body talk or and and breakthrough, or maybe do I want to hear about 
How did you get involved with it? Um, how did I get involved? Sure. Um, basically, yeah, sure. I'll try to give you the short version. Um, <clears throat> well, it, it kind of goes back to when I was quite young, maybe eight or nine years old. Um, and this is actually the short version. I um, I, fract- I fell off some scaffolding and fractured my spine. Um, and that sort of healed, but over the next few years from doing like a lot of a lot of um, gymnastics and a lot of martial arts and different things like that, eventually, um, coming up to six years ago, my, my body just completely broke down. So it it broke down to the point where um, my friend's one friend in particular said I looked like a broken egg. You know, I really, I was like hobbling around. I couldn't really walk very well um, and was obviously very depressed, you know, the depression that goes with, with that sort of a breakdown. And... Um, I had gone to, to a lot of different experts, chiropractors and psychotherapists and um, and so on and so forth, and they all said, well, you know, you're just going to have to figure out a way to cope and you'll never be able to, to do any of your stuff again and, you know, you, you can't um, you can't ever go barefoot. You have to wear orthotics and, you know, this is just the way it is. You're going to have to cope, basically. Uh, and I just thought to myself, you know what, I don't buy it. Um, I just don't buy it. I think there's got to be another way. And so that, that sort of began the search for for figuring out a way to get out of this, um, at that particular rut. And I started studying a um, bunch of different modalities, uh, some massage, some reflexology, aromatherapy, um, Reiki, a bunch of different modalities like that. And they all sort of helped, but not, um, you know, I was still in that same place pretty much. And it was... Um, a couple of years ago then, I was in Italy, and I met some people who were telling me about body talk. And it sounded a bit strange at first, but I said, you know what, I'll give it a go. And I think after I had the first session, I thought, wow, this, is, this stuff is amazing. I need to go learn more about this. So I flew to, to Maine um, in the States a week later to take the training in it. And I pretty much moved to New York um, straight after that so that I could in America and, and get the training and, and really see if this thing was as, as good as I thought it could be. Um, and so then in the meantime, I've, I've learned the breakthrough system also, which is kind of part of body talk, but a slightly different approach. And, um, you know, and, and now I'm at the point where I train Kung Fu three, four days a week, you know, not a problem. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty much good to go. Uh, so you're so back to the uh, kind of uh, health you were before you hurt your spine? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty much healthier than I ever have been, actually, yeah. Um, and, you know, kind of in hindsight, I realized that, you know, if I had just gone and had somebody fix my back, you know, six or seven years ago, I really wouldn't have learned um, or had the experiences that I've had in the last six or seven years. So in some ways, it was almost like this incredible gift, you know? That's a great perspective. Yeah, well, it, it really is how I see it at this point, you know, because it's taken me, I now live in New York and I have have this, um, you know, this business and this career that I'm extremely passionate about. Um, and it's it's all pretty much because of that. Um, and so I kind of realized also that, you know, the back pain was just the thing. Like, really, I had to change so much of my, my attitudes and my beliefs and everything um, around how I looked at, at, at the world and at my life. Um, and then the back pain was no longer an issue. Mm. Um, and so that's, that's kind of a lot of the work we do with Breakthrough where, you know, when, when people talk about being successful in that, really the, the thing that stops us from being successful is ourselves. 
I would agree. You know? well, mean, we are like, our own biggest obstacle. We we exactly. You know, it's like we we start, It's like these beliefs that we have about ourselves and about the world, and we we completely limit our experience. Um, and then that's you know that's basically the reason why we are not successful because we don't feel it's safe or we feel that it's necessary for us to struggle in certain ways or so on and so forth. So breakthrough helps to really expose a lot of that. Well, I'm going to, I would, I'm going to read aloud a, uh, a paragraph from the overview I read on the website about the breakthrough system. Sure. So the breakthrough system brings to the surface the built-in defenses and deep-seated limiting beliefs that prevent us from living life fully. In four modules, the breakthrough system and associated free-fall course empower participants to take off their masks and open their lives to an improved experience. So, now, I'm, now by the way, I have not heard about this until just uh, a few days ago, really. This is new to me. Uh, it looks very intriguing. So, it, so that from, from what I just read, uh, what could you tell me? Um, well, so it kind of, it sounds pretty amazing, first of all, right? It's sure. like, wow, if we could really do that, that's that's pretty incredible. Um, yeah, the whole idea of limiting beliefs. So, you know, the idea is that when we're, um, when we're little kids, for example, I don't know, do you have any kids, Andrew? Uh, none to the best of my knowledge. All right. Well, I mean, if, right, yeah. as far as I know, I don't have. Any. As far as I know, I, I survived yeah. the '70s, and you know, who knows? But no, I, right, I, I yeah. don't have any children. None that you've ever been blamed for. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, uh, so I mean, if you've been around kids, you've seen them. Like, kind of two, three, four years old. Mm-hmm. They're they're starting to like figure out how the world is and how they're supposed to be in relationship to the world. Right. So they're, they they study, you know, they study how people respond. If they behave a certain way, they see what reaction they get. They're watching their parents and how their parents behave. And they're, excuse me, they're, they're basically formulating their rules for living life at this point. Right. So, you know, and these rules aren't always um, the most useful ones because it's not even what's happening. It's more their perception. So, for example, if they see their parents um, having an argument, then... It's go- it's going to just jot down the rule right there that okay well if you abuse somebody if you love somebody then you should abuse them, right? Sure. It's like simple. Okay, that's one of my rules. Or, you know, mom or dad is really successful and all of a sudden they're not around so much and, um, you know, all these different spin-offs and there's another rule right there. Okay, it's not safe to be successful. Okay, or success equals limitation, for example, and so they. It, we're, we're still kind of living out our lives through the eyes of this tiny child. We formulate our, our rules at this age, and that's um, that's what we take with us through, throughout our lives. And so, um, you know, a lot of these are unconscious too, because at some point we decide that it's kind of silly to believe that. And you know, the thing is, you never really stop believing it. We we really just shove it down to our subconscious, and it's from there that we're from that place that we're really creating our experience. You know, so. Yeah, you can have somebody who's who's doing everything they possibly can, but if 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 they have a core belief that it's not safe to be successful, then um, it's going to be very tricky. Okay. Is that 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 makes a lot of sense? Mm-hmm. So, th- how does this technology work to do that? Work to work to change this so, limiting beliefs? Right. So, so exactly. So. Um, 
So the way we address it is we would take um, an overreaction situation. So by overreaction, I mean any time that um, we're blaming somebody else for our feelings. Okay, any time we're blaming somebody else, or anytime there's there's something's happened and there's a whole bunch of thoughts and emotions associated with it for like hours or days afterwards. You know, like somebody cuts you off in traffic and you. Um, you know, you get angry for a few minutes and that's fine, but if it's like three days later and you're still not getting over it, there's a slight overreaction there, right? Sure. Or if, or if, if, if you know, if somebody, you know, if, if, if there's a situation or a person doing something and we, we think, oh, my God, if that person didn't do that, I wouldn't get so mad. You know, I mean, anger is, is one overreaction. Obviously, they can be, can be fear, sadness, um, any of the emotions. And um, that, you know, that's a kind of a trick that our mind plays on us, where it's telling us that this person or this situation is causing that feeling in us. Right? Well, I'll give you one that happened to me the other day that perfect, reminded perfect. me. Perfect. <clears throat> yeah, perfect. There was like a kind of an overreaction feeling that I noticed. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I was at this uh, event that had uh, uh, quite a lot of men and women. It was a uh, in an organization I belonged to, and. Uh, we broke up into small groups in which we were going to, and we were told we would be playing spin the bottle. Okay, nice. and I wasn't told anything about it other than spin the bottle. And I immediately went into the reaction of remi- remembering a time when I was a child, when I was you know 12 or so, and 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 uh, at summer camp, and was told we would be playing spin the bottle, and it was the spin the bottle that I, that you know as a kid, and uh, it was. Terrifying. Most I was absolutely terrified of the whole experience and the possibility of nobody would want to come near me and it would be rejection. I had all this stuff going on in my mind, right? Right, right. And that's the place I was in just the other night. It turned out it was actually not – there was no kissing involved in this spin-the-bottle game. It was just a game that was created. But I went into this thing, and I'm thinking, how can I get out of this? I've got to get out of this room. I I don't want to do this. And it was all that story from 12. Yeah, exactly. Well, probably even back further than that. Probably. Um, and so, yeah, so that's what happens. It's like we, it can be the smallest little thing can set us off. And that's usually indicative of a much deeper wound that's underneath all that. And where where the limiting beliefs come in is that's our coping mechanism, Right. Mm-hmm. So we've we've had something that's something that's say traumatic that's happened to us as a child, and then we we don't know how to deal with it, so we figure out a way of coping. So we take on these limiting beliefs, which are I should do this, I should not do that, you should do this, you should not do that, um, and so we it, it, they kind of work for us up to a point where we can get through our days, but then we arrive at a situation where somebody says spin the bottle and all of a sudden it triggers your whole um, your whole fears over rejection. I mean, without really going into the story, I, I don't know exactly what the trigger is, but we would find right. the trigger. I would get you to relive the story and we would pinpoint the trigger and um, and and so like all the beliefs you have is just kind of a coping mechanism around around that trigger. And then we would we would then like take take a look at the behaviors so a lot, like a lot of our suffering is playing out these unconscious behaviors. So sure. um you know for example when when we're overreacting it's always goal oriented. So we're trying to achieve a certain goal. Okay? That's why we're overreacting whether we realize it or not. And our goal is to 
to control or change the experience, what we're experiencing or what somebody else is experiencing. You know, be it the person who's put us on the spot with the spin the bottle or whatever. Um, and so in that regard, all of reactions are manipulative, right? Whenever we try to change or control how somebody else is feeling, it's it's a form of manipulation. So we, we, we just kind of take it apart like that and some of the some of the unconscious behaviors that are going on that we're not even aware that we're playing out. And when you when you bring a certain awareness to that, it it um we no longer have to do that, you know? When you when you see that when you see it and you take responsibility, um, then you no longer have to play out those behaviors because you can it's it's just like shedding a light on it, you know? So so taking responsibility is a huge part of this. Taking it's huge, yeah. I mean if if you're if you're when we're making something else responsible for for how we're feeling or acting, right, which is what we usually do, I mean, even unconsciously, that's blaming somebody else, you know? If this person hadn't suggested to spin the bottle, you would have been okay. You know what I mean? Absolutely. It's their, it's their fault or it's the, it's the spin the bottle's fault that you feel that way. No, I blame the schools. Or the school or whoever, right? I just threw that in. I don't really blame the schools. Uh, yeah, yeah, but and at some level you do because otherwise you wouldn't be reacting the way you did, right? No, that's that's like you know people say, oh, I blame the schools. No, I blame the parents. Oh, and the parents, was, right? Exactly. Parents I blame the parents. Yeah, yeah, parents are a good one to blame. You know, I blame the president. That's another good one. I blame the president, the mayor, the economy, the economy, the traffic. Yeah, exactly. So there's all China, China, you know, we, China right? Exactly. It's all China's fault. <laughs> Let's not go there. Yeah. So um, yeah, so we have all these like buttons, and we we we're constantly blaming um, everybody else and everything else for for our stuff. Um, and so as long as we're blaming somebody else, then we're a victim, right? And as long as we're stuck in that victim mode or that victim consciousness, um, it's kind of it's just that deep resignation that nothing's ever going to change. You know, I'm I'm a victim. This is the way it is. Um, I'll never be able to play spin the bottle. I'm sorry, I'm just using your example. <laughs> right? I'll never be able to place in the bottle, you know. I'll, I'll never be able to do a public presentation, you know, so on and so forth. And we, um, we, uh, we, we just, like, we just, it's our resignation, you know. And we say, okay, well, so how do I cope? So what will I do? I'll just avoid situations where people are going to place in the bottle. And I'll just avoid any situation where I might possibly be rejected. So in that sense, we limit, we, we completely limit our lives. Do you get me? Does that make sense? Absolutely. Although, you know, of course, the, the likelihood of the spin the bottle possibility coming up again, you know, it's probably unlikely. But, uh, no, but similar the, ones will certainly, similar possibilities. Yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah, totally. So what I'm saying is that the, yeah, the spin the bottle is just a random incident. There's the fact that you reacted in such an extreme manner is indicative of a much deeper wound, and that's what we would want to get to, right? Absolutely. So, so the so the taking responsibility, so seeing the behaviors um, and taking responsibility for those um, is also shifting that feeling that we get. So you know that that panicky feeling. Oh yeah. So like we can look at the, there's also a lot of that cowardly, spineless, weak, all that kind of stuff going on at the same time. And there's it's that feeling that's been triggered, right? And so when you take responsibility for those behaviors, it actually shifts. Um, it shifts that feeling because right? it's the feeling that's really getting triggered. Um, and so that charge is no longer in the body, so we no longer have that extreme reaction to, to that 
specific trigger, whether it's being rejected or, you know, whatever. I mean, without really looking into it, I don't know exactly what it is, but it seems to be something like that. That's, that's a pretty common one for people. You know, and it's so funny. See, sorry, go ahead. Uh, before, you were talking about uh, the things that you should and shouldn't do, the, the, uh-huh. the, those, those commands. And I was thinking of, uh, are you familiar with Anthony Robbins? Uh, I think so, yeah. He very, very tall about... man. Um, he does the uh, personal power. I do, training. I do know who you're talking about, yeah, yeah. But he always says, some of my favorite quotes, he says, if, if, uh, if you have uh, too many shoulds, you're going to should all over yourself. You're going to should all over, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I might use that one, actually, that's pretty good. I should myself. I yes, right, you will should all over yourself. Yeah, I should all over myself. All those um, shoulds. Yeah. I, I like that, actually. Yeah, he talks a bit about, um, you know, a lot of us with the blame, too, we blame resources, mm-hmm. right? Rather than having, like, resourcefulness, we blame resources. Oh, I don't do it because it's just not who I am, and I don't have enough money, and I wouldn't be able to do it, and so on and so forth. So, again, it's it's still kind of keeping yourself as a victim as long as we're, we're blaming something else. Um, even in terms of, like, one of your callers, I think... Um, or sorry, not one of your speakers um, was talking about how it's it's been well documented and shown how the best way to bring in business and clientele is to do public presentations. Sure, so, you absolutely. Know, to, be there, to be there in person and to really do it. Like, and um, you know, this is just to give an example of myself. Actually, the you know, like there's probably a lot of people out there that have some really good business ideas and would love to do it, but just don't have the confidence to do the public presentations, you know, to get up there and actually do it. And um, when I started teaching first, that was uh, that was a huge thing for me because I never really got into any of this with the, with the aim of teaching it. It just kind of happened, you know. It just people wanted to learn more about it, so I was in that position to do it. But I used to get so nervous. I mean, I used to have, like, such an overreaction to, um, to standing up there in front of people and talking about the stuff that I did. And... You know, it was this probably deep-seated fear of, like, looking stupid and doing all these things. So um, before before using Breakthrough, I would have to figure out a way to cope, right? Which is, just to go back to the whole coping thing, this is what we do. We try to figure out how do we... So the way I would do it is to, to, like, with positive affirmations, you know, telling myself over and over and over, you know, you're the man, you can do this, you're the man, you're the man, you can do this. And... That would kind of get me through, but I would still have that horrible, funky feeling and everything. And so then, doing a breakthrough, you know, doing a breakthrough session, um, releasing that panicky feeling. Because um, if you if you if you think back of it, like even when you're with the spin the bottle situation, that feeling has been around for a long time. You know, it didn't just like pop up in that moment. You know, it's it's been there in your system for a long, long time. Oh, absolutely. I, it's yeah. certainly a, a, an old friend of, of sorts that I recognize. An old friend, exactly. And that's that's the whole thing that we think, oh, this is always the way it's going to be and I just have to get by. But the thing is we can actually work with that and to release that to the point that, you know, now I can stand up and, and teach and, and really enjoy the experience and um, and it's not even a thing, you know. It's just, it's not even, it's, I don't even have to cope and figure out how it ways to stay calm or anything. It's just not there anymore. It's a non-issue now. It's just a non-issue. It's absolutely incredible. And that's, sorry, go ahead. Are you are you aware that that uh, they've, they've done studies of this, that the, the fear of public speaking is so great that it's it, it, it actually is well past uh, death on well, what people death. are afraid of. Do you, do well, you know that? 
I, I mean, were more I afraid to speak in public than they are of dying. I, I bet they are, you know, because it probably triggers such a deep, deep, like, you know, fear of rejection, fear of, like, looking stupid. You know, all these things are totally tied into that. And fear of being judged is another one. Yes. Um, you know, it just brings up so much stuff for people. And, and I guess it's great if it brings up that stuff. If you don't have a way to address it, though, I mean, what are you going to do? You just got to cope, right? You just got to try to stay calm and do your breathing and do all these things. But what if it's, like you said, like, not an, if it's a non-issue? Um, if it's just not even a thing anymore, and that's uh, that's what we do basically. I've worked with I've worked with a bunch of people on that specific issue. Um, you know, one guy in particular who his he got into a new job. He had a lot of IT like knowledge, but his new job was more in the in the sales aspect. And basically, as comfortable as he was in front of people, they could push him, you know, to more and more people. But he got really nervous doing it, and he just really he just closed up every time I mean we did one session and you know it's um, it's no longer an issue now he's incredibly incredibly successful at what he does because he had the information he had the the knowledge and everything he just it, it was like you said it's fear of death right some people would would rather die than go up and, and do a public presentation absolutely um, so you've been involved in this work now for how long um, I've been studying different sort of therapies for maybe seven or eight years now. Um, the breakthrough work has only come into my awareness in the last year and a half. Um, and I've seen some absolutely profound changes in Did my life. Breakthrough and, and the body talk come at the same time? Uh, no, body talk is a little bit for longer. Body, for, for, for me, body talk is, is like maybe three years. Right. Um, three years that I've been practicing body talk. Um Breakthrough then a little bit more recently, but I kind of get, I kind of encourage most of my clients to do both at this point. Um, they sort of go really well together, um, but as well as releasing, like taking the responsibility, releasing the the that that charge or that feeling, then we also look at the beliefs around that trigger. So when you when you expose those limiting beliefs, they no longer have any power over you. It's only when they're unconscious and you don't know that you believe that stuff. Um, right. That that it's it's tricky, um, and so it really is. I mean, I've had so many people describe it. It's like being freed. It's like somebody taking off the shackles, and you're free to live your life without uh, any you know this coping and this um, these limiting beliefs. So how how would you compare the, this type of work to something? Are you familiar with EFT? Uh, yeah, emotional, emotional freedom, freedom technique. Yeah. Yeah, I mean EFT is is a pretty effective technique. It's um, it's a little bit more agenda based, where you know you, somebody's having a specific issue and you try to you try to tap it out on that particular issue. It doesn't really get to the root of it. You know, it's good if you're like having trouble sleeping or if you're having like a a panic in that moment, but it it doesn't really, in my experience at least, get to the to the real root of the the um, the situation. Okay, fair enough. I, I don't know that much about EFT. I have some CDs and stuff about it that I've never really finished. But I know a lot of people who, are, who do that. Uh, you know, I, I I am a student of all kinds of things myself, so I'm always very interested in what what is what is it that I'm that's out there that I haven't gotten to that might be the one thing that I'm that might make the major difference. Right. Yeah. There's there's a lot of really good stuff out there. You know. Um, and this, 
it's in my experience though it's some of the stuff that really works or has worked for me at least um and also works for my clients you know and it's i mean it's it's kind of funny but a lot of other therapies try to figure out ways to cope you know try to like deny that part of ourselves that's maybe not so nice to look at um rather than just seeing it and accepting it and no longer having to really participate in it uh, make sense Sure, it makes sense. Uh, now, could you tell me a bit? Do you, uh, have you met this? Uh, I guess this is a couple that created these. Uh, Doctor uh, Veltheim and is, is that his wife? John and Esther. Yeah, the John Veltheim and Esther Veltheim. I have met John um, on a few occasions. I've taken quite a few classes with John, actually. Okay. Um, I've never had the pleasure of meeting Esther. No. Um, there's an advanced breakthrough class which I plan to take as soon as it's offered again. And that, I mean, the, the amazing thing with with breakthrough is that body talk's pretty big. It's spreading pretty rapidly. Breakthrough, um, as profound as it is, is there's only six instructors on the planet <laughs> right now teaching this this work, um, which is remarkable. And and where are they? Um, there's. The lady I study with is in Canada. Um, I don't know exactly where they are. They're around the States, but I'm not sure exactly. I know that there's um, the lady that I trained with, Terry Ann, who's absolutely amazing, is is coming and teaching a breakthrough here in New York in March, um, if anyone is interested in, in learning it. Um, but I haven't actually met Esther, no, not yet. Yeah, I just uh, I saw her on the uh, you know looking up the web page and learning as much about this as I can before we had a conversation. Right. And uh, I actually had had my inform- originally had the information on the show page inside out. I had the wrong person's uh, name as the founder of it, but it's all fixed now. Oh, you had mixed up Terry Ann and, and uh, Esther. I did. <laughs> right, right, right. That's I did, but it's, it's, I noticed that they they don't really uh, put themselves out front so much about it. So I had to like dig around to see where it said they're the founder of it. Right, right. It's just right. more like it, this is what it is, and which is interesting. So they, I I feel like I didn't feel a lot of uh, you know like the kind of ego you sometimes get in in somebody's definitely training. Definitely not. No, definitely not. No, no. It's it's um. I guess, I mean, especially with Breakthrough, because she has done so much of this kind of work, you kind of move beyond. Like, Breakthrough isn't about becoming a better person, you know? It's right. really just about living your life fully. Like, letting go of your limiting beliefs and living your life, whatever whatever that um, may look like for you, you know? I mean, if, if we want to talk about success, because I know it's sort of some of the stuff you deal with... Um, you know, if you if you don't have, you know, you can be pretty successful in work, but you know, what about your relationships? You know, like what if you don't have that like steady or that enjoyable even relationship to come home to? Then um, it, you can have all the success in the world and you still feel empty. Right. And so, how, how would this play into it? Uh, it's it pretty phenomenal, actually. I've worked um, with quite a few couples and you know even in my own situation I guess it pretty much saved my marriage um, you know because what we do when we get into relationships is initially we just see the all the good things about the person and we put them in this nice neat little box you know and we decided this is the way they are and, and that's all great and 
as long as you stay within that box, then I'm going to be fine, right? Right. Again, that's more of our, our coping, basically. And then as soon as they do something that's outside of that, it's like, oh, my God, you've changed, and so on and so forth. And we, we then tend to blame them. You know, then we feel bad because we don't have control over our emotions, and we, we tend to blame them then for our experience. So in relationships especially, there's so much, um, there's so much blaming going on and so much like projecting our unconscious stuff onto the, onto the other person to the point where it becomes unbearable for a lot of people. So the same way that some people don't stand up in public to do presentations, sometimes the, the, the stuff that they're projecting onto their partner becomes so intense that they just have to get a divorce, not realizing that the reason really that we get into these relationships is so we can heal that stuff. Right. Um, but if you don't have the tools to do it, uh, if you're just so caught up in blame and you really think it's the other person's fault, then... Um, you know, I mean, more often than not, people just have to walk away from it or else figure out a way to cope where they they don't shout at each other so much anymore, but they don't really have a whole lot of intimacy, you know? And so by utilizing these techniques, you're, so what you're really saying, you can get under them and get to the root of what's going on? Yeah, you, you basically expose expose a lot of the the unconscious stuff that's going on around that relationship mm-hmm. where somebody... You know, because like I was saying, that, I mean, in your example, it's not so easy to relate, but a lot of time when we're, these unconscious behaviors like the manipulation and the abuse and the neediness and the, the cowardly and the spineless and all this stuff, we don't, we're, we're sort of in denial of that part of ourselves, you know? We don't like to think of ourselves as behaving in that way. Right. So what we actually do is project it onto the other person, right? So that feeling that we feel that's coming from ourselves we think they're causing it, and we think they're causing it because they're being so manipulative and abusive and all this stuff. And what we don't realize is that if we just took responsibility for that stuff ourselves, then we really wouldn't have so many issues with the other person because it really is just about ourselves at the end of the day. Got it. Does that make sense to you? Absolutely. And it's very experiential, obviously, until you go through the process yourself. But um, I, I've seen it in practice, and I mean, Couples who are like going, we just need a divorce. We don't know anything else to do, and taking them from there to being better and closer, more intimate than they have been um, ever, probably. You know. But again, if you, sorry, I was going to say, is this the type of thing that you you have to do like face to face to do it? Um, I do do phone sessions. Um, face to face is also good, but it's it is possible to do it over the phone. Yes. Yeah, I was just curious about that. I want to yeah. just repeat our phone number if anybody is listening would like to be on the show and ask a question of Damien. The phone number here is 646-929-2893. And we still have 25 minutes left. If anybody would like to call in, now would be a good time. Okay. Now All righty. plug for us. Yeah, it'd be good to have a little chat with somebody, I guess. Um yeah, so do, do you, is there any other stuff? Um, I mean, it works really good for addictions also. Okay, yeah, I'd like to hear about that. Yeah? Sure. So, uh, sure, why not? <laughs> um, and, you know, again, there's like a lot of people who could be really successful, but their addictions get the better of them, you know? Oh, actually, now I have a very specific question in that area, especially right now one of the big things that's been in the news, I'm sure you're well aware, is, you know, Tiger Woods, sex addict, right? Right, right. And I have a, a, a person I know, 
And no, it's not me <laughs> who is a, a porno a porno addict. Mm-hmm. Right, That's so, pretty so, common. And, and it's like totally getting in the way of his relationship with his, uh, you know, with his wife and his job. And uh, and I'm like thinking, I, I wonder what's available to, to to somebody. And so you are saying that this is something that can help addictions. How how would you work with somebody in the, in an issue like that? So. Well, I, I will always start with the with the overreaction because that's that's a really good way in, right? That, and that really is just our way in initially. But um, you know, when it's I mean, when when we go for whatever our substance of choice is, that's an overreaction. You know, we think that we need that thing. If there's that feeling that just takes us over, and if we don't have it, if we don't have the alcohol or the cigarette or the the porno, um, then we're going to die. Or you know. I mean, it can be that extreme. That's that's what we feel. And so, when when we work and do some sessions um, around different overreactions, that that intensity of the feeling goes away because we're really trying to cope. When we're going for our, our um, you know, our substance of choice, it, it's kind of it's coping. You know, we, when we get it, then we feel okay. But when we can address um, a lot of those feelings and that that intensity in the body. Um, the, the the drive the thing that drives us to want that that thing is no longer there. Now, yeah. that, it, it, I know it, that you obviously don't know like these people that that I just spoke of personally. Is there something that you would venture a guess on, around based on other experience? That something that I would venture a guess on what what, like what might be a it? trigger, like you know, in a situation like that. Um, you know what? It, I mean, it's a really good question, but it could be absolutely anything. Because we, I mean, we all have we all have our own buttons, you know, based on our own set of circumstances. And there may be a few of them, you know, that that there may be different things that trigger us. And and our and our go-to then is the is the um, alcohol or the porno or the whatever, right? It may be a whole collection of stuff. So we would like we would slowly work and chip away at it. Um, and then at that point, there's no longer that, that like, urge or that drive, you know, because a, a lot of that stuff is pretty unconscious, you know. I mean, um, you know, personally speaking, I mean, I, I, I grew up around addiction and I, I struggled with it for a while myself. And um, it's, it was really been the breakthrough that, that just totally, you know, I, I had figured out ways to cope, you know, um, when people kind of think they get... On it, but it's almost—it's kind of always there, and you know somebody can come. Somebody can slip pretty easily. You know, it doesn't take much. You know, because that 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 feeling is always in the body, and if it gets, if somebody um, somebody dies or somebody has a really something you know terrible happens, then they can quite easily slip. But if that if that charge is no longer there, um, then it doesn't matter what happened. You know, what happens? You can still live your life. You don't have to depend on this substance to. To cope, it's it's pretty radical, and I mean it sounds pretty amazing, but I've seen it, I've seen it in action, and you know, even myself and a bunch of others um, have seen this work. No, I know that for me, I I, I think my addiction is probably around email, right. email, Facebook, not not porn, but internet, right, in per se. Certainly, but certainly, I, I have, who, who's emailing me? What am I missing right now? That's my that's my uh, 
Right. Yeah, I mean, we're, I'll tell you, we're, we're all addicts, you know. I mean, people think, oh, alcohol is so bad and whatever, but, you know, we people are addicted to relationships. We're addicted to to abuse. We're addicted to struggle. We're, we're all addicted to all sorts of stuff. I was once addicted to soap operas. <laughs> Anyone in particular? Uh, yeah, all the ones that are on uh, ABC. For uh, many years, no. it was a it was a horrible addiction. Really? See, so if it, yeah, I mean, if it's a problem, then we can work with it. You know, obviously. Um, well, I broke that a long time ago. But that was I, uh, that was I would you know I would come home and I, this is you know many years ago, and I would. Uh, have had recorded them on the VCR and watched them at night before I went to bed. Like a compulsive sort of thing where you just couldn't go to bed without watching I them. Cu- I, I couldn't. I couldn't go to bed without watching them. Right. So, like, I mean, again, I don't know, but some sort of fear over missing something or missing out, or you know, I mean, well, that's probably the common thread, like with missing out on emails, missing out on phone calls. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So it's not. It's not the emails themselves. It's whatever that's. Whatever the, you know, the idea that well, if I don't get to this right now, I'm going to miss out on something, or there's going to be, you know, and then there's all the sort of the neuroses and the the obsession and all the stuff that goes with it. Um, and so when when you expose that a little bit, it makes it a little bit harder to do it. Virtually impossible actually to keep doing it when you when you really look at what's going on there, you know. Meaning what? Could you tell me more about that? Uh, yeah, I mean, well, without actually doing a session, it's it is quite experiential because we we really it's not just like talking and analyzing the way we do here. Like we really we I mean I get you to relive the story in the present tense, so I so I can see and listen and see exactly what's going on, not just not just your sort of analysis of it after it's happened, you know. Um, so we really get right into it and see what the thing is the trigger, um, and then take it apart. Sorry, I've completely. What was my point? Well, I think I've gone off on a bit of a tangent there. Oh, oh did you? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think really I did. Uh, you were asking me about... Um, well, I was asking you about, um, uh, you know, I was telling you about the, some my addictions to emails, and I was missing phone calls, and we were we were talking about that, and now you got yeah. me lost, too. Well, yeah, we'll just take so a left on to another one. <laughs> yeah, can we rewind it? Let me how long it does it take? To, like, how long is it? Uh, how short could you do a session? In? Maybe that's a better question. Uh, people's first sessions can take a while. Um, I usually leave an hour and a half. I usually schedule an hour and a half to do the first session. Um, can take a little bit longer times. It really depends on the person and you know how like where they're at and how how much what what their level of of like self honesty is I guess. No, I was um, asking because we I figured in seventeen minutes I was gonna see if you wanted to do a session right now, but I think we don't have an hour and a half to do that. Um well I mean here's the thing, we've been talking about it for a while so um you know, I mean I'm willing to, to give it a go or to do some of it at least. Um to see where we get you. Would you wanna try that? We, I mean it sounds like the uh the incident with with the spin the bottle is probably a pretty good one to work on, yeah. Sure. Um, okay, so um, sorry, I just need one second. There. Uh, is there is there any other questions you have before we start? I just need to organize some paper and a pencil so I can 
no, no, um, no. Just give, make sure we have enough time to close out and, and give out your your uh, internet, uh, your uh, website, and all that. Oh yeah. So um, okay. So so I mean, what 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 best thing to do is for you to um, just sit sort of comfortably and close your eyes, and I want you to um, I want you to recall the the incident with the with the bottle, and I want you to tell it to me in the present tense. So you're going to tell it to me as if it's happening right now, um, and as much in as much detail as you can recall. So you know when you're saying it, you're going to say I am. I am doing this. I am saying this. This person is saying this. Everything that you're, you know, that you're thinking and feeling. Okay. Okay. So I, I I'm I'm in, I'm in a room uh, where there are probably about fifty people uh, of both sexes, and it's a big meeting. And we're told we're going to break up in circles, and uh, we're going to be uh, playing spin the bottle. So, so, so somebody is saying that we're going to break up and somebody, you know somebody I mean? is giving us instructions. Uh, to, okay. We're going to make a circle of, uh, of, of four men and three women in each circle, and uh, so find your circle, and we're going to play spin the bottle. And at that point, I'm like, I, I'm thinking of. This is really uh, a terrifying idea. We're going to play spin the bottle, and I have to find a group. And well, if I'm going to have to find a group to play spin the bottle with, I better make sure that there are some uh, pretty girls in it. This is what you're thinking, is it? Uh, yeah, I'm thinking. Well, I better, you know, I better have one that somebody I actually would like to play spin the bottle with. Okay, so. Um Okay, so just, just just sort of. So who who said let's play spin the bottle? Uh, that was uh, the person leading uh, leading the event. Okay, do you know his name? Uh, well, I'm not going to say a person's name in this, but. Uh, no, no, okay, yeah, right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so, okay, so he. So I want you to. So, what, do you remember what you're wearing? What I was wearing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was wearing a, uh, a uh, mauve <laughs> shirt, believe it or not, mm-hmm. and uh, black pants. Okay, so um, so you so you're fine until he says let's place where we're going to place in the bottle. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so I want you, so you're there and you're in your mauve shirt and the guy's saying and get into your group so we're going to place spin the bottle. Right. And then so what's happening to you when when he's saying this? I'm thinking I I I'm really glad I just used mouthwash. I'm thinking. Um, I, I'm. I, this is scary. Oh, what if? Do, do I really want to do this? Is this going to be? I started thinking about a summer camp. Uh huh. And I and I was at the, that moment. I was like, I I threw. I was thrown back into another room. At the age of uh, twelve or thirteen. Mm-hmm. There was a big circle, and I just totally was in that circle at the moment that I heard this. Mhm. Yeah, and what are you thinking? So what's what's I'm, happening? I'm thinking uh, nobody's going to want to kiss me. 
Somebody's going to want to kiss me. Okay, so um, I'm just going to say bye to you so that we're on the same page. Sure. So you're 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 at this um, gathering. There's about 50 people. It's a pretty big meeting, and they're about to break. And they say, okay, we need to all get in these groups now. Form circles. Each group needs four men and three women, and um, and we're going to play spin the ball. And right. when you hear that, you hear, this, this seems like a really like terrifying idea to you. You're you, you feel really scared, and you're you, you just totally don't want to do it. And your mind goes back to when you were younger in summer camp, and the the same thing is happening. And the whole idea of like nobody's going to want to kiss me. Right. Nobody wants me. Right. Mhm. Okay. So, is there anything that you want to add, or anything that I left out? Uh, no? I don't think so. Okay. So, um, hopefully, this will be nice and straightforward, since we don't have a whole lot of time. But to to find so we would pick the trigger next, and so we would list some possible triggers, and then pick the the one that's 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 actually going on here. So um, being rejected is one, obviously, yeah. Oh yeah. I mean that's huge there. Um, the whole fear of being rejected, like what if nobody wants to kiss me? Um, you know what, I don't even think we need to go through anymore. That that's pretty much the trigger. Does that feel like a trigger for you right now if we talk about it? Sure. Being rejected. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now we'll look at the behaviors, right? So these are the the, the ways that you're when, when you're triggered, well actually first of all the emotion. So what would you say is the underlying emotion here? Out of fear, anger, worry, grief, or sadness? Uh fear. It's fear, right. So and the the trigger is being rejected. So we're looking now. Oh, well, under the, fear is sadness. It is yeah. So in any overreaction, all the emotions will be there, like fear, sadness, worry, the whole lot. But um, it's really it, there's sadness there obviously too. But it's it's like you say it's a terrifying idea to you. Like what if nobody's going to want to kiss me? Right. So like I can't do this now. I got to get out of here. I can't play in the bottle, right? Um. So the behavior. So we look at. So again. Look yeah, at yeah. I think that's, I'm going to be ridiculed. That's it. You think like you're going made, to be ridiculed? Yeah, made fun of. Made fun of because you're rejected. Yeah. I think. Or, or, or because I'm. You know, I'm the the guy that's. You know, I would be the. You know, going back to the age of twelve, I, I would be the, uh, the 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 nerd, right? Not the cool guy, right? The ones the nerds, the nerds get rejected, right? Right. Um, so you remember we were saying earlier that um, all overreactions are manipulative. That all overreactions are manipulative. Yeah, we're, we're trying to achieve. We're trying to change or control our circumstances or the person or whatever, right? Right. So can, so can you see how, how your behavior was manipulative? Just having a little hard time hearing you at the moment. Oh, yeah. Okay, maybe I should talk. Is that better? Yeah. Yeah, so I'm saying, can you see how your behavior was manipulative? Manipulative of who? Well, of yourself, pretty much. I don't want to do this. You can't do this. This is too scary. That's pretty manipulative to to be telling yourself those things, right? Sure. Uh, and so when when we manipulate ourselves or somebody else, that's, you know, to change or control or manipulate somebody is also abusive. 
But can you see how that's abusive? Abusive, you mean of myself? Of yourself, yeah. I mean, you know, we could take it a bit further with the guy, but for now, I mean, yeah, for yourself. Yeah, it's an interesting term to use. It's not. It's like I, I'm having a hard time wrapping my my mind around it. That's okay. Yeah. So it's you know, a lot of times, um, you know, we think of abuse as like beating somebody up, but this is also a form of abuse when we're when we're um, you know manipulating ourselves in this way. It, it, it is abusive. So it's self abuse. It's self abuse. Yeah. Right. Okay. Got it. Um, I mean, it, well, you're also, it's kind of also to everybody else there, too. Like, no, like, we can't do this. Like, um, so we're going to list a few more behaviors, and then we'll pick the three that you're comfortable with, the three that you like to think about. So I'll, I would say cowardly. I mean, we kind of went through these, some of these already. Um, cowardly and spineless. Coward, is it cowardly and spineless? Okay. Uh-huh. Um, weak. Um see what else. Any ideas? Nope. Um, oh, I've got some there, yeah? Say that again? Impotent. Uh, well, I'm sure we have three there that you, that you don't really like to think of yourself as. Oh, absolutely. The three that give you that worst, the worst feeling. So, uh, so I'll read them out to you, and you just tell me the three that, that feel the worst here, right? Yes. So the trigger is being rejected. Yes. And you act manipulative, abusive, cowardly, spineless, weak, and impotent. Uh, certainly weak, impotent. Uh, what was the earlier one? Abusive. You don't really relate to the abusive. Uh, spineless. And spineless. Oh. Okay, so they're the ones that feel the worst here, yeah? Yeah. Okay, so where, so weak, where do you feel that in your body? Uh, right all around the uh, shoulders and my belly. Shoulders and belly. What does it feel like in your shoulders and belly? It's... Uh, kind of cold uh-huh. um, it's like a cold weight okay and impotent where do you feel that um, I, I can't really specify that uh, just take, take all a over. second and just all over. So, what does it, and what does it feel like? What's the quality of it? It's a feeling of uh, uh, not not being in my power. And then spineless. Where do you feel that? <laughs> in my spine. <laughs> okay, that's a good place for spineless. What does it feel like in your spine, Andrew? It, it it feels like I can't stand up straight. Okay. And by the way, just to let you know, we have four minutes left. Oh, okay. Well, we just try to get through this piece at least. Um, okay, so so when when you feel all this, this weak, impotent, spineless feeling, this like in your this coldness in your shoulders and your belly, and this um, feeling of not being in your power and spineless is like you can't stand up straight. When can you feel all that? Yeah. Yeah, and I, and I also yeah. feel like a, this huge tension around like my like I 
in my head. And this tension in your head. my eyes, yeah. Around your eyes. Okay, so yeah. yeah, so there's a lot of stuff going on there. It's quite visceral, right? Sure. So, so, um, so the way we shift that now is by taking responsibility, right? Okay. So what I want you to do is picture yourself as maybe a four-year-old, or maybe maybe even the 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 twelve-year-old at the camp, right? So I want you to to stand in front of you as a twelve-year-old, and feeling all this stuff, this weak, impotent, spineless. Um, you know, this coldness in your shoulders, the um, the spine feeling like you can't straight, and the tension in your head and your eyes. And you're going to say, I take full responsibility for acting weak, impotent, and spineless towards you, Andrew. So I, I take full responsibility for being weak, spineless, and impotent towards you, Andrew. Yeah, so for acting. You can't be... For acting. acting. For acting. Yeah. For acting weak, spineless, and impotent before you, Andrew. Yeah, towards you. Towards you. Got it. So, yeah. So, I want you to, to keep saying it. We, when you really take responsibility, this feeling will shift. There's, like, okay. tension in your eyes and this coldness in your shoulders. And So, look look at him there. See him there at the, at the camp playing, uh, you know, this nerdy little 12-year-old who's afraid of being rejected, and you're acting weak, impotent, and spineless towards him. Okay, so what I'm going to do, Damon, is I'm going to do that after the show is over because we have two minutes left. Oh, wow, okay. Believe it or not, I want to make sure, first of all, I, I, one quick question that I got from the chat room is, is there a professional training system for uh, for people who do what you do? Yes, there is. There's, um, you can, if you go to the IBM website, they have all the details there. Okay, so I want to quickly announce the websites that are... Involved. They're on the show page, but I'd like you to uh, give you an opportunity to announce it. Um, so to, to, to get any information on this, the, um, if you go to the Brooklyn Body Talk Center, that's www.brooklynbodytalkcenter.com, uh, or my own website, which is uh, DamienMcCann.com. Okay, DamienMcCann.com. Yeah. Okay, yeah. great. All right, so, you know, the way, I mean, the idea is that when you take responsibility, that feeling shifts. That's no longer a trigger, and um, you know you're more free to live your life, basically. So I, I mean, we should probably finish this session, uh, Andrew, at some point. Oh, that would be that would be terrific, and I really uh, thank you yeah. for that opportunity. Neat, right? Yes, and so now I'm also going to uh, say that uh, first of all, Damian McCann, I want to thank you very much for being on the show tonight, and uh, for introducing the Body Talk system and the Breakthrough system to uh, my audience and for everybody uh, we will be back uh, next week and actually we're going to be having a special Friday show next week and uh, thank you everybody for listening and good night from Coach's Corner with Andrew Poritz good night everyone Hello, we have